Welcome and thank you for tuning into Organon, the official podcast of Ology Research Group, exploring contemporary social issues via data, insights, and change. According to an article found in the Atlantic titled "When Sex Trafficking Goes Unnoticed in America," the Department of Homeland Security defines human trafficking as a modern-day form of slavery. The International Labor Organization indicated that there's over 20.9 million human trafficking victims around the world. On this episode, we wanted to discuss the $150 billion industry that remains in the shadows. Present today to discuss this topic from New York City, we have myself, Carl Etemendi. And Jasmine Etemendi. And from the West Coast, we also have the pleasure of having the company uh, in New York City of... Hey, Casey Shapir. And recording from Los Angeles today, we have... Courtney Hirose. Courtney, take it away. Hi, so human trafficking has always, if it seems like it's something that's further away, but recently in the news, I think in Southern California, there was like a huge bust in which they found a whole bunch of people in someone's basement. Um, so it kind of hits closer to home in terms of the effect and how it's really happening to different people. Um, it's becoming more like in the media, I would say, where people are more aware, but it's also scary because it's also limiting people's travel to like Mexico where people are being like stolen and then they're being used for um, ransom and so on and so forth. So I was wondering, like Casey, Jasmine, and Linda Mendes, um, how has this affected you on your day to day? I'd say that with human trafficking, we've had a lot of people that you might not even think of people that you're even close to that have been some sort of victim of it or have family that is so i've had students that maybe they you know their parents in terms of them coming into the country being um undocumented they were part of some sort of human trafficking process and they were able to to get free and one particular story was that the the mom had to work a certain amount of years in order for her to even get out and then it wasn't until um just walking the streets and she found somebody that connected her to um a nonprofit that really helped women um so that you know giving them housing and resources until they can get back on their feet and they could report these situations and then that that also speaks to me in terms of I I don't know um you know how this could affect me indirectly but it has um because I've seen it with my students and I've also had um just even peers in my graduate program one of them shared a story that she her her I guess her mom and her were homeless and so they were staying at a like a motel in South Florida and her parents were also um drug addicts so at one point she ended up you know, just being by the poolside and there was like some man that took her and she ended up going into the industry for many years and then she got out and now she was doing her her doctorate work on this experience and working with other women that have gone through this process in South Florida. What do you think, Carl? Yeah, and since we we used to live in Broward also, and we from what we remember, Broward was one of the top counties in the U.S., if not the top county for human trafficking in the U.S. So we felt like it was um, we wouldn't we wouldn't expect it because you don't see it. So 
you kind of start to wonder when these things actually do happen or how it happens because like on your regular day-to-day even on the weekends when we were in south florida and we'd go to the beach and to the mall um you know we'd never never see it or never suspect anything of it so um it's it's crazy how quiet this industry is despite the fact that they are in over 150 billion dollar industry and that it's still happening it's still an ongoing thing and of course they they always sell the promise of a better future or you know make money and and whatnot and um, before you know it you're part of this vicious cycle and part of the industry yeah i can see this topic being very fluffy for today huh happy <laughs> yeah and you, you know what um one thing that because i was doing the stat the research on this what i found was really interesting was that you know it's compared to the global crime you know you have truck trafficking and arm smuggling and then you have um human trafficking that it's really really high and just um also what's interesting was that uh in our city um Courtney, los angeles you know we're California harbors three of FBI's most highest 13 child sex trafficking. So it's like Los Angeles, San Francisco, and San Diego. And it's, it's weird to think, you know, we have such love for our city, but just weird to see that, you know, this a dark hidden side that no one really sees, you know, all this is hidden in plain sight. And we just don't really notice how, you know, other people, the other halves lives, you know, with, mm-hmm. it's just, it's depressing. So how do you guys think that, I guess, like, is it is it up to federal government? Is it to the states or to the cities to address this issue? You think like who who's whose responsibility is it to make sure that that they combat human trafficking? I feel like it's just a human responsibility, so I feel like it would be up to the federal, but the way things are, maybe it probably will have to come down to the state, because I can see how it affects some states more than others, dependent on, like, where your borders are, because you have more, like, between people. There's more movement of people. Yeah, you know, like, Polaris did a cool, like, heat map um, of the human trafficking cases, and... And you can see, you know, obviously, New York and California and um, Los Angeles have a strong concentration, the major cities. But it looks like most of the concentrations in the East Coast, all the way from um, the west, no, east of Mississippi River. Um, you see yeah. a really strong concentration. You, you see like a scatter with the west, with California and, you know, the west coast, um, Washington and Oregon being stronger concentrated. So it it seems it does look like there's some thing going on with the East Coast more so than the West. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the Polaris map also looks like um, how like if you look at population density in 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 like the census, it, it it's similar also. Um, oh yeah, right. Yeah, it looks it looks very similar. But Texas is really not that much compared to oh and and these are these are the ones that are reported also so there's yeah Mm -hmm. so this doesn't even include like if um if there's anything that's unreported so like for example we're looking at the the polaris map uh on the polarisproject.org website and just looking at the the heat map 
and we have Hawaii that lights up pretty dark also and then you have it in the in the Midwest and what do you call this area the heartland mm-hmm. part of the US like Iowa Idaho Wisconsin no Wisconsin uh, you, Wyoming Utah <laughs> Idaho <laughs> well okay, so, so from like Montana downward um you see a lot of states that where um it's pretty blue so you know that there's like some numbers there but then all, like Montana lights up oddly and then you see like uh eastern Colorado lighting up also um and you know I'm sure these are like major metropolitan cities that that have those you know um darker darker shades of red and also it's important to note that the ports like like these states that are closer to um the coast so they actually have the most access to um people that are being brought or in into the country or just or even people that are abducted and taken out of the country to go afar as well yeah jasmine we were con- uh, discussing earlier about the history of trafficking and you had some like interesting information about it oh yeah so south southeast um asia was where human trafficking originated and that's really where like the it it was a heart of it where um women in particular were being moved out of the country um and working and they were they put them into working conditions that were considered slavery it could be because they were good at a um a certain trade that they did and then it turned into the billion dollar business of sex trafficking where they were forced to do that because they were told you know we're we're sponsoring you and it was a big lie and it happens a lot to to women like especially i would say in the in the model, like p- women that want to become models like let's say oh this photographer is based in europe somewhere at this fabulous resort so we're we're going to sponsor you and and buy you a flight to blah 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 island and once you get there that's it like you lose contact with everybody and you don't even know what happens to you so it's really um, important for you to be conscious of all these things that could happen because, you know, depending on your career and what kind of industry you want to go to, these promising um, lies are what really are enticing people to sign up for this. So that would say that that's something to consider. And thank you, Carl, for the music. <laughs> <laughs> that's, you know, that's the image that the, the, the women that are involved in these situations feel like, oh, it's going to be great. I'm going to take these pictures and it's going to be fabulous. Um, but yeah, it's, it is interesting that I, you know, just to read that. And it also from like the feminist perspective too, a lot of women were telling their stories. So it wasn't until 2010 where a lot of academic, um, scholars from all the different ologies. So sociology, psychology, anthropology, um, you name it. The list goes on. Even people that study politics, um, and crime they were publishing on these issues. So over like a hundred and something different articles were published in 2010 that really created a big movement, like a transnational movement on the importance to study this and why this is like an epidemic and the conflict that it has for all nations, not just, you know, all globally. Yeah, you know, um, what do you guys think is the first form of human trafficking is? Like slavery? Yay! Ten points to Courtney. Uh, I don't know if that's a yay, Casey, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I guess what I'm saying is that um, it looks really bad now, but we have a his like a precedence of trafficking humans. I mean, you, if you even go even further to, you know, like the Egyptian pyramid building, they were built by slaves. You know, ancient cultures basically took people to slaves, you know, as slaves, and they trafficked them. So. I, I, I'm, I'm just looking at it as like context of human behavior. Do you think it's gotten more sophisticated or do you think there are less of it or, um, you know, compared to now to the ancient times? I mean, I think it's, it's gotten more sophisticated in a way because I think maybe if we're reflecting back on ancient times that it was just, you know, you go somewhere, capture people and bring them. Um, you know, involuntarily, you're t- removing them from their environment involuntarily. Whereas here, like now, there's the uh, they tr- try to insert the voluntary element of it, which is the 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 part of like Jasmine was saying, um, voluntarily accepting an offer to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So then, this way, like all the people who you're leaving behind your friends and family um, in whatever country the person is being trafficked from, you know, they'll be like, oh, they're pursuing a career opportunity in acting, you know, in L.A. or whatever. And then whenever someone inquires about where that person has gone, it's, oh, they went to L.A. to pursue a career in acting or something like that. So there's kind of like that that element of um, of giving the person who is going to be in, enslaved the idea that they're going to be pursuing something so i think in, in that sense it's gotten a, a little bit more uh sophisticated and i found a cool website that's called uh care care 2 and uh, they have an article that they posted called the the 10 disturbing facts you need to know about human trafficking and the first one that they list is that human trafficking affects people of all backgrounds now um so it it does not discriminate based on any particular uh, group except when it comes to women and girls when it comes to women and girls that's the the group that's exploited the most um and a lot of a lot of the forms of um this kind of slavery is typically commercial sex uh, prostitution other forms of sexual exploitation um and also um for pornography and men are also generally trapped for forced labor uh another another fact is that um as as we mentioned that there's about 2.9 million victims of human trafficking 68% of them are in forced labor of some kind and 26% are children that are and 55% are women and girls and um the th- a third point and then I'll I'll uh, reflect uh, with the team is that the average cost of a slave is ninety dollars? Yeah. What do you guys think of um of of those facts so far? No, it puts into perspective like how the industry has grown and the fact that women have been the ones that have been more um, victimized by this and have told their stories. So it's more of like how are we learning about this process? And how can we best um, provide interventions so that we can prevent this from hap- you know, prevent this from not happening? Because it is a, a a huge problem. Like I recently saw a documentary, um, and it was regarding women from Nigeria 
and they were it was like in a village and women um you know there the, there was like this agency that went there and was telling the mothers that they would get a job or go to school um through this program and they had great marketing great videos um and so these women were uh the moms told their daughters like okay i want you to have a better life like let's take advantage of this program like this seemed like you know maybe they it it, it disguised itself as like a an amazing nonprofit that helped um women and you know and and it actually wasn't it was like a scam and so they don't know any better and so this these young girls were then brought into um the the uk and they were just put into um sex trafficking so they were like as young as like 10 all the way to um like 20 something and you could tell the ones that were more experienced and they were telling their stories and, and there was actually like a uh, one of the a former victim was telling um was part of the the story and was telling us um as we were watching the documentary that she married um a man and then they created like this house that refuged um women after they decided to leave so she, what she would do was just she would just outreach to them and really just be like hey make sure you're using condoms if you need anything or you want to get away from this like here's my card here's the um you know the the house that we have that we can help you recover um to transition now and then there was like a, a one girl that was like about 12 years old and she was crying and telling her story and then she actually wished that she never came there and that it was um you know she was actually embarrassed to even go back home like felt not embarrassed but ashamed to go back home to see like what would her family think about her and like what what does it mean now to her to you know be abused or be would anybody want to be with her and so really that psychological aspect that happened to it so i thought it was very powerful um you know the um when car was telling with the stats it thought me occurred um about you know like 55 percent of the victims are women and children then i was i was thinking more and more about that and it, i feel like yeah 55 percent of women and children are like a large factor but that means 45 percent of them are men and i'm wondering with these narratives about human trafficking that we're, we're putting way too much emphasis on you know the most vulnerable population women and children and not really focusing on a large issue which is everybody's affected men 40 if you think 45 percent of victims are men that's like a, a large number you know large majority um i'm wondering if maybe we're not really focusing much on you know how I mean, I don't want to say put it as a gender thing, but with men, the only thing you read is like labor, 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 or like forced labor. But um, I, I feel like this effect it is like a human experience, a human problem that everyone is affected by it. Mm-hmm. And just because men are not sexually abused, I mean, they can have, still have psychological impact the same as women and children. Mm. I mean, this just reminds me of like in it, Southeast Asia too. It's a it's a huge um sex industry so there's you know people that are flying from all over mm-hmm, the world yeah. just to go uh be with um you know like asian boys like mm-hmm. they'll, they'll actually you can order them online and like it's just crazy like i've seen all kinds of stuff yeah. and it's hard because like those those particular countries have a different policy and like if they this is like what they um bring in revenue of foreigners coming in there and doing these things yeah um, it's it's also like a very very um conflicting and disruptive because they're just like allowing this to happen um and they're knowing that they're bringing in so much money that it also becomes like corrupted Mm -hmm. yeah yeah 
And uh, there's also some other facts from the CARE2 organization. Uh, fact number four is that there there's some kind of sex trafficking that's very obvious, like street prostitution. But there may be more uh, covert types of um, trafficking also trafficking victims that that people will see in like unmarked brothels um, and other locations such as massage parlors, spas and strip clubs also are very common areas for trafficked persons. And according to the to the Department of State, uh, between 600,000 and 800,000 people are trafficked across international borders. Um, Half of them are children. Eighty percent are female. Uh, and that's that's from the U.S. State Department. So like Casey was mentioning, yeah, there's a, there's also a group of men that are that are trafficked as well. And, and I, you, you raise a good point because I haven't seen a website for like trafficked men, you know. Yeah, well, I, rape is horrible and human like prostitution is just horrible, you know, you know, like. As someone who, you know, was, you know, molested when I was younger, I can totally understand what it feels to be dehumanized sexually. I just think um, when we talk about men, we think because they're strong, we just think trafficking. Oh, they'll get over it. You know, they'll, they'll move on. But I think we're missing the larger narrative. Um, I just feel like it's incomplete. And when we play too much of the victim card, we're missing the larger human picture. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Courtney? You always have the voice of reason. <laughs> no, I totally agree. Um, I think I think it's harder to portray men in the media because I feel like they just don't they don't pull the heartstrings as much, and I guess the media doesn't feel like it affects the people as much. So it's like an unfair media portrayal, but I think it's just as important just to include everyone and just to highlight the suffering of all the people versus just a subset of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and just moving forward with uh, the, the CARE2 facts. So we, we learned about the stats from the Department of State. <clears throat> and there isn't any official statistics on human trafficking in the U.S., obviously, because it's uh, it's hard to tell. You can you can tell with how many people report it. But those that remain unreported, I mean, it, it's very difficult to say. But they but Polaris estimates that it's probably around the hundreds of thousands for people in the U.S., um, se- fact number seven is that the average age for a teen entering the sex trade in the U.S. is between 12 and 14, um, and many of them have endured sexual abuse as children. Fact eight is that human trafficking is the third largest international crime industry after illegal drugs and arms trafficking, um, and it's believed to generate a profit of over $32 billion a year. So I think that, you know, when when people say money is the root of all evil, I mean this is one you know one one evidence of it because you do have like drug dealers and people who who trade weapons, but the the human trafficking one is that exploits like another human life. If I remember in my research in international gang violence, what I think what interesting was that um, these violence they're not separate in themselves; they're all interconnected. So. A lot of gangs in, internationally, they're, they're known to be trafficking humans as well as arms and as well as drugs. So I think these things are not separate. They're all connected. Um, which my question is, you guys is, do you think this is an indication that human beings are inherently evil? Um, or opportunists? 
because it takes two people to commit a crime, right? No, not commit crime. It takes it takes like for 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 crime to be sustaining, you need good people to buy into it as well as bad people. You know who buys the drugs, you know, and the at the end consumer, and it, it I mean clearly from this data, the end consumers are civilized Americans who have lots of money, right? I think it's all like a supply and demand thing because mm-hmm. if there was no demand for 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 this kind of sex, for example, then there would be no sex trafficking. If you think about it, just like drug, the, the drug industry is extremely profitable because there's a very high demand for the drug. Otherwise, there wouldn't be any. So is it a a social construct that having sex with minors is is an evil thing or like that's how we think today we see that's very immoral or abusing a human being is immoral Mm -hmm. like so i i think people have like layers of morality and it's shaped by the social construct so like for example maybe like now we think that having sex with like someone who's 13 14 year old is is a is an immoral and it's a wrong thing whereas maybe like 80 years ago or 100 years ago it was totally normal to to you know for children of that age to become pregnant and have kids right mm-hmm. so um you know it's just kind of like i think as society continues to evolve our morals and our values will also shape collectively as well but I feel like the the one element that has always been wrong is taking someone against their will and then forcefully having sex with them or forcefully making them do anything. Or just even, I would say, um, one of the psychologists from Stanford University, you guys heard of the Lucifer effect? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Zimbardo. Yeah. So just the fact that if you are put into this position of power and you put on the uniform or anything like, you know, you may, let's say now you're bringing in the money. So this gives you power if you're running, um, an, you know, some sort of business, like people that are brought from, for example, China into the U.S., like they're, they use them for production base. So it could be, you know, we need to create all these like purses that are, fake uh, brands and so there's like factories like underground basements that are just having people they create these um, purses that you buy for ten dollars that it's a fake Louis Vuitton purse but you don't realize that these people the people that probably made these purses like they were treated um, inhumanely and they're probably going to be doing this for the next five to ten years until they can't stop doing anymore because they're stuck in this vicious cycle and because the people that have this power, they use their, um, you know, they're like, we brought you here, you're working for us, and you need to do, we need to make so many because we need to make sales. So that's when I think like Lucifer effect really can um, harm a person and really take away the humanity perspective because you're you're so caught up in like having this power. Yeah, and um, along the lines of um, the supply-demand conversation, I think that humans are also um, need fulfillers. Like they're always going to be analyzing their needs and trying to supplement that. So like, for example, for for us four, if we break into a store and and steal food, for example, it's a wrong thing because we could just go in and pay for it. But for people in situations where they can't, like they don't have a job, they will justify 
the act because they need the they need to survive. So um, this coincides with point number nine from the Care Two website, um, and it says that tra uh, trafficking is prevalent where in areas where unemployment is high and there are few opportunities for education, which explains why people become traffickers. And uh, according to the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime, the greatest number of traffickers are from Asia, followed by Central and Southeastern Europe, and then Western Europe. And the tenth and final uh, fact uh, on the Care2 website is that misogyny is at the heart of the sex trafficking. In societies where women and girls are undervalued, women are at greater risk for being coerced into sex slavery. What do you guys think? I think this is relevant because if we look at World War II and then post-World War II, we had people that were migrating into different parts because of labor. And so the main, um, one of the, if we're looking at it in a feminist lens, they were, um, you know, women were, were, cons were considered to like, okay, you need to, you need to make sure that we have kids, you need to do this. So, um, they had to, um, start getting pregnant, some of them forcefully, and then it just evolved into other things that are happening now, other epidemics, health epidemics. But essentially, it is a, a huge, 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 um, industry and, it has been profiting from different uh, peaks that have happened in our society. So if it was from World War II, now we're looking at um, people that were unemployed and looking for a better life. What do you think, Casey? Well, Courtney, um, before I say my point, what are your thoughts on so far? Like, do you think human beings, based on what Carl and Jasmine saying about mm -hmm. behavior being being evil, do you think, I mean, what, what are your takes? Um, I think... Carl and Jasmine had valid points that it's a product of need. I was thinking it when you first asked the question. I don't think people are inherently evil. I feel like they're just grown into what they feel like is the norm. For example, in North Korea, they sell, I think it was either crack or something or cocaine or something like that because it was just the standard way of living to help numb you or it's just what they thought was okay. But in the United States, that's, that's a big no-no. That's something that you shouldn't be just with all the time so i think it's just a product of what you're used to and what you're felt like is okay like for some of these people there's people that need to provide and there's maybe the bad people who have the money that accept the people but ultimately there's there's a need somewhere and i think that's what's causing it i'm not justifying it in any way because i think it's bad but a lot of times there are certain things that happen as a victim of circumstance and it just evolves as the generations continue. So maybe we can't see it now, but it was an issue a few years ago or decades ago. And it's just kind of steamrolled into like a family industry where the kids don't know it's bad anymore. And it's just continuing on because no one has explicitly stopped them. Yeah, cool. So we're now at the 30 minute mark of the show and we didn't have a um, any particular research question that we were trying to address. So instead of bottom line, bottom line, does anybody have any final thoughts real quick before we wrap up? You have to be an advocate and a voice for those who don't have one. So it's important for you to take action. Like if you have free time, volunteer. Um, at certain organizations, look look up your through your zip code organizations that need volunteer and really take some time to give back to the communities that are hurting. Courtney? I would just echo Jasmine's point that 
if you're in a pow- position of power or a position of influence or just have that space where people will listen to you, uh, it's important to take advantage of it and use it for people who don't necessarily have a voice to do certain things on their own. Casey? I think people are inherently evil. Um, I don't consider them opportunists or in need base. I think with the rise of awareness with human trafficking, that's a really good sign that society is teaching us to be better with our taming our evil side. Because 20, 30 years ago, these major NGOs and awareness have not even been on the scene. You know, they're not as prevalent as today. And the fact that we're talking about them and the fact that we have organizations to, to try to resolve it, I think is a sign in the right direction. Um, but I mean, just to think about it, just, you, we're talking a lot about the victims, but we, but we don't really mention a lot about the clients of these victims, the people who benefit from them. And I think those are the people that we need to change rather than trying to fix the system from, you know, a top down. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, for me, I just wanted to like, just kind of like how Jasmine said about the engagement element. Um, if, if you think that there's the, that there's someone who's been trafficked or, you know, someone who's been trafficked, I uh, just want to share the national human trafficking hotline, uh, which is a national uh, hotline that you can call or you can share the phone number. It's one eight 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 three seven three seven eight eight eight. So again, if you feel like there's probably um, maybe like a store or like a spa or anything like that that might uh, have human trafficking, if you suspect anything or want more information, again, National Human Trafficking Hotline one eight 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 three seven three seven eight eight eight. And with that, I just want to wrap up the show. This has been uh, a little more on the gloomier side of what we normally record, but still a very important topic nonetheless. And we'd like to turn now to our listeners. What do you think about the topic of human trafficking? Are there any topics you'd like to hear on the show? Make sure to send us your thoughts at info at ologyresearchgroup.org. And also make sure to check us out on Twitter at Ology Research. Have a great week, everyone.